Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Hi, I'm Daniel Scheffler. This is Everywhere. Today's Travel Commandment Thou shalt embrace the stillness. There are very few instances during travels where I am fully immersed in silence, where the stillness is louder than the noise. One of these times is when I stupidly decided I was ready for heli snowboarding in Canada. Right up in more northern part of Alberta, close to Revelstoke in Banff, after some very serious safety training, which included a bubble boy demonstration, I was getting onto a helicopter, taking off for the highest peaks. This is the moment that my fellow snowboarders revealed that they had competed in the Winter Olympics. Excuse me, you're professional snowboarders. The woman next to me then decided that this was also the perfect time to tell me that she's been training for this specific excursion for, I don't know, three years. So I had to, at this point, say, well, I snowboard once or twice a year, I also have a broken knee. And then there was silence. A deep silence where only the blades of the helicopter distracted us from the upcoming feet. We touched down on this glacier and we huddled together as a group. And what seemed to me the only way to get down, the helicopter then left. And boom, the group took off. Everyone into the zone, into their single-minded focus. Okay, so picture this now. I'm standing with my snowboard thousands of feet up on a mountain's edge and my entire group has headed down this insane hill. Silence. The loudest silence of my entire life. I could only hear my own breathing, which at this point had become a little louder, as you can imagine. Well, how was I supposed to do this? Well, I decided that I was going to try and remember every childhood ski lesson, 
combine it with my sincere love for snowboarding and an absolute meditative concentration. And that's how I was going to get back down to earth. Luckily, I noticed that our trainer guide person was waiting just a little way ahead of me. He seemed to trust that I knew what I was doing more than me. And trust me, if you've been in Canadian snow, it's mostly powder. Once you're moving, you have to stay in motion or the object in motion will sink into a tree well or worse. So yes, it was me and the silence and I think a little bit of luck that brought me down to the lodge. Of course, there are also times where you can actively choose the silence. Like the 10-day silent retreat in the winelands of South Africa, I studiously attended. I drove a few hours from Cape Town and pulled up at this farm with merely a few structures. I assumed one I'd be sleeping in. They had massive gardens where vegetables and herbs were being grown and a whole section of farm animals. I checked in and handed over my phone and my Kindle and an emergency contact and every other piece of memorabilia from my life. They suggest that you don't bring any distractions. No books, no games, not even a photo from home. Well, I was all in. Actually, day one, like most new adventures, feels fresh and exciting anyway. Oh, before I forget to tell you this, as you check in, you also take a small vow of absolute silence. For the next 10 days, you will not speak one word to anyone. Day one was odd. I smiled when someone handed me a plate of food. I smiled when I watched everyone sit down for a four-hour meditation. I smiled when I watched everyone take towels and go shower. I mean, I was even smiling when someone showed me a tiny single bed with a small pillow where I was meant to sleep. When I realized that there was only one meal a day, plus a silly tea break, and the rest was for, I don't know, 14 hours of meditation, I stopped smiling. But onwards, I marched. Day two, I was starving. Since you don't dish your own food, I couldn't dish extra food for myself or go back for my usual plate of seconds. Lucky me, water was free and I could have as much as I wanted. A kind act of benevolence. Suddenly water became my elixir. By day five, I was ready to leave and a lot of people give in at this point. So you'd think it's the silence that disturbs you and sends you off the edge. But no. After a few days, you kind of forget to speak and the silence becomes this beautiful, soothing balm. By day six and seven, my mind was playing tricks on me. Was I in the matrix? Was I captured and voodoo mind tricked to be here? Have I joined a cult? Then you get to this amazing thing on day eight. Full Zen. The silence becomes you. Sleep was never this deep. Food, even one meal, never tasted this good. Even that water started to taste like the finest thirst quench of my whole life. 
meditating for four hours straight, no problem. My knees and back were fully on board with my new life and not giving me any pain. And I was no longer fighting this silence. I was the silence. Of course, I stupidly decided to have lunch with my parents on the last day as I left the retreat. And after 10 days of silence, the world seemed so silly, so petty. My parents were not amused and thought that I was being far too monastic for their liking. And then there are times where the silence just chooses you. Namibia, with its forever and ever silent dunes. And that's the exact appeal. It's that extraordinary, ordinary thing. There's something primal and truly unearthed about Namibia. Away from a usual glut of tourism, the country holds this deep connection to the beginning of time. Although now only a small percentage of the local tribes still exist, Namibia is home to some of the original hunter-gatherer people. My and your first ancestors. Think about that. Their presence and their untouched virtue somewhat propagate the remote parts of the land right here. Even their fertile lessons and simple life philosophy opposed to a constant drone of bigger, better, more are kind of written in the sand before you arrive. One of the many African tribes, the San, had inhabited southern Africa for at least 30,000 years and are one of the 14 known surviving ancestral population clusters from which modern humans descend. My knowledge of these sand people and their unique click sound vernacular actually comes from seeing this old BBC production from the 1950s by a South African author, Lawrence van der Post, who called these people the lost soul of all mankind. To ponder what that looks like, it helps with some perspective. So, I hopped onto this tiny bush plane with a female pilot and ticked off into the big African skies with the wind creeping around us. Looking down at a wad of nothingness framed by cyan and dust, the understanding of real luxury whispered to me, space and time and freedom. It's here in this pristine wilderness and eternal views and the desert's magical cape enveloped me. The city dweller heading out to northern territories of Namibia, where all you get is just endless space. Damara land, which is the inland area close to the famed skeleton coast, romances with these early morning mists coming off the numbing cold Atlantic Ocean. And then a hot desert air kisses all the way from the canyons, creating this almost Mars-like place. The area is where I find my next moment of meditative calm. The isolation and the world I know is at bay. Although not thick with wildlife, this tract is a perfect example of how nature's laws of sustenance ordain treks for the animals and humans are just visiting. Days here feel like weeks and you spend them tracking this shy desert adapted elephant or a magnificent oryx, or this pointy-lipped black rhino. 
fast-paced life is something I now can look at from the outside in. The window of it slightly smudged and the jerk of quiet desert life prevails. Even my attire changes, t-shirts become more slumped and the need for shoes simply dismantles. My longing for anything digital is replaced by simple moments of observing an ant or stretching out at a sunset. As you move by a charter to the Hoanib Skeleton Coast Camp, the privilege of access to the wilderness becomes so apparent. It's located in this private concession between the Palmwach area and the Skeleton National Park. This area is as remote as you can possibly find. You fly over shipwrecks and these stark coasts and you think about the ancient navigators and conquerors that wanted to grasp their sort of idea of Africa and that soulfulness is likened to my own. How can this continent with all its toils hold such a grasp and such a love on me and so many of its swains, the great beauty and then this great silence? The coastal camp is accessible only by our light aircraft and located in this wide basin at the confluence of two tributaries with hills smiling from east to west. The lunar-like landscape is what overawes you. The gravel plains are covered with some low-lying plants, rock formations, flood plains and dry riverbeds. And that quiets any monkey mind and brings this retreat state to Namibia. Nights are long in the desert and they allow for proper rest away from modern-day sidetracks and those bright lights. Here, it's just stars rocking me to sleep and the silence is what wakes you. The next stop on my journey was Ungava, just a small flutter inland where Namibia meets Angola. The famed Etosha National Park encloses a giant pan with silvery mirages toying with the savanna grassland and thorny shrubbery. The park, proclaimed game reserve in 1907, is known for its abundance of game and is even visible from space. In the rainy season, flamingos congregate in the salt pan and the park proudly counts 340 bird species. I hang up the binoculars to rather picnic on the grass to contemplate wildlife sanctuaries and the need for conservation in the world. Of course, this is where my feet sink deep into the sand and a scorpion decides to bite me. The strangest thing happens in these life-or-death situations. The whole world goes silent. Time stands still. My whole body gave in to this crazy, excruciating pain. A local tribal guide came to speak to me, as he probably saw me jumping up and down like a fool yelping in agony. He looked at my leg, and he looked at me, and he said, We have about 20 minutes. Oh, 20 minutes before the pain stops, right? No, no, 20 minutes before the poison kills you. Unfortunately, airlifting to a hospital will take 30 minutes. I was trying to just understand this, to embrace the stillness, but it was becoming harder. This man took my leg, sucked on it, plucked on it, and did some kind of magic. 
and somehow managed to get the poison out. The pain, not so much. He had saved my life. Now that I didn't die from a scorpion bite, which sounds rather badass, I took deeper breaths and went into a more contemplative headspace. I think that's what happens when you are near death. Life goes on as it always has, but Namibia's fingerprints are all over me, reminding me of this existence. Of course, there are also times where silence is so deafening and so undeniable that it simply consumes you. Like the Bolivian salt flats, where you can actually see that the earth is round. It is so flat, the horizon actually curves. I have this idea that we should suggest that the Flat Earth Society hold their next conference there. I know this year they're on a cruise ship. Oh, the irony. And then they're hot air balloons with their moments to go into silence. I've been on a few of those, but Cappadocia in the center of Turkey and the Serengeti in Tanzania stand out. Hot air ballooning, FYI, is an early morning activity. If the wind isn't right, will you staying on land? In Cappadocia, wake-up time is 4 a.m. As you approach the field where you'll be taking off from, your eyes seem to deceive you. Hundreds of colorful balloons, all waiting on the ground with their little baskets filling up with people. And as the sun comes up, the fire in the balloon gets all jazzed up, just enough that it gently lifts the basket up into the sky. For the next two hours, the only sound is the sound of the occasional fire spurting upwards into the balloon to keep it in the air. And you have this bird's eye view of cone-shaped rock formations. You can also see Bronze Age homes carved into valleys by cave dwellers. Just a little dip into the past. It's all kinds of magical peacefulness. Nobody speaks because the silence feels so valuable. You don't want to waste it. In the Serengeti, you have this bird's eye view of the animals. Herds and herds of every animal you can possibly imagine. What's so different about safari in the Serengeti versus safari in the Kruger in South Africa is that here you have these giant open spaces planes that are endless, so you can see animals in mass quantity. You see them as they move from one area to another, to feast or to find water. Whereas in South Africa, it's all bush and shrubbery, so you can get much closer to them from a game vehicle. But you never see them in quantity. Well, from the balloon, a few hundred feet up in the sky, you quietly watch as these herds go about their business. Young elephants playing, the elder giraffes teaching baby giraffes how to lean down to drink water, zebras flirting with each other. This is one of my favorite silent moments of my life. Animals in perfect nature harmony. The other was in Cambodia, close to Siem Reap, where there's this huge lake. And on the water are people who actually live on little boats. In fact, people who have never been on land before. They're born on the water, and they die on the water. So this is where I spent an afternoon, just floating on this Buddhist prayer boat. I sat cross-legged on this floating temple, 
and meditated as the sun came down with incense burning and flowers being offered up to a statue of Buddha. Surrounded by hundreds of little boats, all floating happily along. And the silence gave me this brief moment, this tiny opening in my life to think about how fortunate I am. Is this luck? I don't think so. Is it fate? Probably not. It just is what it is. And what a perfect reminder that the silence gave me. Let's take a breather and we'll be right back with Everywhere after a word from our sponsors. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again, a paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Trade tables up. You're returning to everywhere land. Welcome back. Today I'm with my friend and tour guide, Anka Benli, an Istanbul native. I've never met anyone who knows more about all things Turkey. Hello, Anka. Hello, Daniel. How are you? Fine, how are you? 
I'm very good. I, you know how much I travel. And one of the best experiences of my entire life is spending a day with you walking the streets of Istanbul. And that experience I had with you at Hagia Sophia is something that I think about and reference all the time. It really was about thinking about embracing the stillness and walking into the space. And I want you to kind of tell me exactly what it is and sort of fill me in on its history. But walking into that space and just walking and being in the silence in this beautiful place with so much history. And it's funny because in that silence and just observing, I learned so much. Oh, that is so beautiful. You put it so beautifully. It's my favorite building, first of all. I think it's a building with so many things combined in one. It is actually one of the first churches. And it was built three times on the same location with the same name. And I really like the name, Hagia Sophia, or Holy Wisdom. It's beautiful. Sophia is the root for, you know, we know those words, sophisticated, philosophy. It's wisdom. And I really do like that they appreciated wisdom so much. It was one of the biggest churches of its time. And I even today, you know, you put the in the same category with St. Peter's, St. Paul, Cathedral of Milan. But that was built in 537, in five years. Thousands of slaves have worked on it. It has a huge dome. It's, it's still the highest dome in Istanbul. It inspired so many architects. Everybody tried to go higher than the dome of Hagia Sophia. I think it's so beautiful with all of the different sides. So because it became a Catholic church during the Latin invasion in 1400s, it became a Catholic church for 68 years. And then you have those crosses made in that period, whole different than the Greek Orthodox Church it was. And then it became a mosque in 1453. It was converted into a mosque. And um, since 1934, it's a museum. But when you go into that building, you, you're going to witness all of these different periods of its time. And it's it's beautiful. It's really an incredible experience to working there. In fact, I was yesterday there. It always makes me happy getting in there. Well, the thing that stuck with me so much was that everyone's been there. The idea that all these religions and all these different cultures have been in this one place. And that really the lesson of that is that we're all the same, that there is actually more similarity than difference. That is true. What really is interesting about that is that uh, it was probably built on top of a previous uh, temple, a pagan temple. And that tells a very big thing about people. You know, they have to build their temple that they're going to worship on top of a previous temple, like in many other places. And people like sacred locations. And that's what really strikes me the most about Hagia Sophia. It has to be the same location, has to be the same building when you look about it. I think it has an energy. It has something special to it. When you walk in it, it's so beautiful. You have all these different periods. You could witness, you know, mosaics from 9th century. 10th century, 12th century. And at the same time, you have big calligraphies, circles, the biggest calligraphic circles in the Islamic world uh, with the names of God, Muhammad, and the caliphs. On the other side, you will see the mosaic of Virgin Mary holding up baby Christ, Jesus. And they're just next to each other. And I really, I think I love the combination of all of that together in a building. That is the beauty of it. Also, the decoration of the building. You have all the different materials from many different sites. What I really, what really impresses me are those 
thin slices on the walls, the marble slices that they put together like a matchbook design. And you have devil faces and you have different stories being created. You have angel wings being created out of the marble veins because you put them like veneering, you know, you just cut them in thin slices and put them next to each other. I always like to think about the time when people had no media, no TV, nothing. But then you could look at this marble slab, which really looks like a devil face. And the more you look at it, the more scary it gets. Those images, they're so, so alive when you keep looking at them. Right. Anka, like, I grew up in Europe, and to me, Turkey is Europe. Whereas Americans often see Turkey as the Middle East, this fictional... Like, when I was going to Turkey, remember I said to you, my friend said, are you seeing any camels? <laughs> like, and I was like, well, no, actually, like, I'm at the Soho house. I don't know about the camels. But maybe talk a little bit about that misunderstanding of Turkey and how travelers, if they could just come into Turkey without this preconceived notion of what it is? First of all, I would say Turks or Turkey isn't doing a very good job at promoting itself. I always told you that. They're really like, like today, I was at the spice market and there was this candy store and it's there on the same location till 1777. It is actually one of the oldest candy stores. <laughs> and it's very modest. They never even let you know about it. There is a very tiny sign on the corner which says, you know, we are with you since 500 something years. And then that would be really in a big city in Europe. It would be in the books. It would be promoted properly. Here, they're really not good at explaining themselves in many ways. Or maybe they don't never learned how to. But this is a crossroads of many things. For like in Istanbul. Istanbul is a city divided by the Bosphorus in two parts, Europe and Asia. And people always see it as east meets west. But it is actually north beating south at the same time. It's, it's such a crossroads. It's been always a big part of the Silk Road, of the trade routes. I always like to say Turkish Turks, like the Turks living in Turkey, are the most mixed nation. We do have genes of all different kinds of nations because this has been always um, crossroads for many nations. It's very diverse in many things, like even with the city parts. Every section makes you feel like you're in a different city sometimes. It's very diverse within the city. But... I would say in general, Turkish people are very hospitable. They're friendly. And, um, well, people have this idea of Turkey, and it's, it always seems to many people who haven't been here like a dangerous place. They have to come and see for themselves. It's really not like, it's nothing like what they imagined. This is the first thing that people tell me, because they have really a notion in their head, and it's really only changing once they're here. So maybe it's my responsibility to to talk about it. Maybe it's my responsibility to tell people Istanbul is part of Europe. And the concept of the Middle East does not exist. It was created by military ideals of America to control an area. But there is no such thing as the Middle East. There is Europe and there's Asia. There's Asia. Turkey is Asia Minor. We are not the Middle East. That is for sure. Turkey doesn't belong in the Middle East. I would say uh, we are located on Asia Minor and on Europe. Very tiny, tinsy part, 3% of the country in Europe, but still, though, the West Coast in general is very European. Because 
when we consider Greece as Europe, you could swim from many of the beaches to the Greek islands. Literally, you can swim. So that's really quite Western located. It's really very difficult to just cut these lines with a knife. One of the most amazing experiences of my life is hot air ballooning in Cappadocia. And I loved so much being in the silence and hearing just the slight fire pushing up into this balloon. It really was part of my whole Turkey experience. I felt again and again, we've all been here, every religion, every culture. I looked down at this land and I was like, wow, so much of travel is noise and chaos. But here I have this moment of looking at this ancient landscape without sound. Oh, you just put it so beautifully. You're right. We are told to travel in a certain way and do things in a certain way. And it's always kind of given to us. We don't look for anything else. And what you just say is so beautiful. To just, you know, take it in is a very big, I would say, ability. And not too many people know of it. It's beautiful if you could do that. And um, while we're at the hot air balloon subject in Cappadocia, Cappadocia is a wine country. Turkey has been some of the few countries who started to make their wine. It goes really quite back. We've been producing wine, I think, forever in this part of the world. And um, we are just not good at promoting stuff, as I told you. And we are selling lots of our ready-made wine to certain European countries. We have seven different regions, and all these regions have their own kind of wine who have been produced in this part of the world for for a really long time. How long? Oh, (laughs) as long as it goes. Wine in in Turkey goes back to before biblical time. Exactly. It's it's been around and it's been been produced, you know. So how are we going to get people to come to Turkey? Like, that's my mission. Can you hear, Anka? I'm just like ready to bring people to Turkey. That is so kind of you, Daniel. This is so nice of you. It's one of my favorite places in the planet. (laughs) And you're loved here. (laughs) You should know that. Thank you. I would say Turkey is so diverse. And um, it offers really beautiful beaches and all of that. It's true. We have really surrounded by beautiful beaches. But basically, I think the cultural diversity is really very impressive. You have very different regions from another You have this very green Black Sea coast. You have the Aegean coast. You have the Mediterranean, the central part, Cappadocia. And there is so much natural beauty as well. We have so many former volcanoes, and they create many natural springs. And we have those beautiful spring waters in many different regions, beautiful waterfalls. You know, it's not only the historical sites, which there is an abundance of. You have so many ancient Greek, Roman, Hittite sites. But um, it's not only about that. You also do have all the natural beauty. And it's really not that far (laughs) once you think about it. Turkish Airlines is doing a great job flying from here to everywhere. So you could just, you know, always make it a stop location. Meanwhile, going somewhere. It's always useful to spend a few days in Istanbul as well. The one last thing I just remembered, which I I can't believe I nearly forgot this, I was on a boat on the Bosphorus with Anka, and she said this beautiful thing to me where she used this word hitch. And she said, we Istanbulites and we Turkish say, 
Oh, that's hitch. It means everything is nothing and nothing is everything. And my husband and I looked at each other and we had this moment where we felt this was the essence of what we've learned in Turkey. We have to get this tattooed on our arm. And so later that day, somehow we had met some guy at the Soho house who owned a jewelry store who we were visiting, and his very good friend was a tattoo artist. And he called the tattoo artist to come to his store, and he tattooed us in the back of his jewelry store whilst Anka was putting on million-dollar diamonds on her Tiara. head. And <laughs> exactly. Michael and I were getting, um, getting inked. I couldn't believe that moment. Uh, your tattoo is called Hitch. It's mostly written in Arabic, but I really liked that you did use the Turkish version, which is the Latin alphabet, a little altered. And uh, you have Hitch written, H-I-S-I-V-D-A-T, which is the ch sound. It means nothing. And it's a very deep meaning. It has to do with the whirling dervishes. It's it's very difficult to explain, like in in, in a sentence or so. But it means eventually you end up with nothing, or deeper than that, everything. You belong to everything. You're a part of this whole, part of the universe. It's amazing. Well, Anke, thank you for your time. I miss you a lot. Have a beautiful day, and I send you kisses. Me too. Take care. Bye, darling. Bye-bye. This is a great moment for us to travel to advertising land, and we'll be right back with Everywhere. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge 
indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. The time has come for more of everywhere. Now, where were we? My next interview is with Genevieve Morton, six times Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, or as I would say, costume model, who's done multiple magazine covers and traveled all over the globe, and always with a pair of heels and that signature cackle of a laugh. Genevieve and I have been friends for many years, and we've recently reconnected in Los Angeles. Hi, Genevieve. Hi, Daniel. It's amazing to see you haven't aged a day in a decade. Well, it's because I'm on the plane all the time, and I think the compression of somehow being in the skies doesn't age you. So I'm basically preventing myself from oh, aging. Oh, I thought it was those signature face masks you used to do. Oh, remember the signature How face masks? How can I masks? forget? I could never forget. <laughs> wow. You need to take me down a trip of memory lane of all the things we used to do. We with... used to have a lot of fun. That is true. I recently was on the phone with Genevieve and we had this amazing discussion about the things that we used to love about each other and why we are still friends. And the thing that I adore about you is that you were always willing to evolve and grow and challenge yourself. And you did this thing where you would just become still. You would allow yourself to be still and then you'd go from that place. When I met you, your mother had passed away and it was a difficult moment for you. And you were just so ready to learn and feel and evolve from that. And look at you now. Well, it's been a long time. And I'll tell you what I learned from you. There's a couple of things. First of all, I learned to read magazines that are more interesting than just glossy fashion magazines, which is a big thing. I have subscriptions to like legit magazines that you turned me on to, which is great. Second of all, I learned how to rest from you, which may seem like a silly thing, but you know, when you're someone who wants to go, 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 and you just keep going, you sometimes can just forget to take a time out. And I remember at the time when we were all hanging out, some days I'd call you and I'd say, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm taking a mental health day. And I'm like, a what day? And you'd be like, I'm just watching the show and I'm just relaxing. I'd be like, I couldn't believe that this was a thing that people were doing. And it was just so inspiring to me of many things, but that's the thing that comes to mind today. But Genevieve, it's about embracing the stillness. It was about those small moments where you just have to be still. Travel taught me to do that. Like you're on the road and you're experiencing all these beautiful things. And the only way that you're able to assimilate this knowledge, to take it from head knowledge and turn it into heart knowledge, is if you become still. The reason I said that to you at the time, and I probably say it to you again now, I don't know if I'd call it a mental health day now, I'd call it a respite now or something, a respite as Americans say, but it's something to do with in that stillness, the wisdom comes and in that stillness, you're able to process things, which you just can't do if you're letting the monkey mind run wild and travel is so stimulating. It's so... um there's so much happening and there's so much that you want to see and do. It puts you on this path of inquiry and curiosity. 
So it's hard to find stillness. But in that stillness, I think there's so much wisdom that's offered to you. So one of the things with traveling for me is because I'm also generally traveling for work. What I found that I've used as a great technique when I'm traveling is once I cross the security line at the airport, I draw a line in the sand and it becomes me time because although there's people around me, I'm generally traveling alone and I can be around humans, but be completely alone. I don't have to engage with people. And that's just time where I can write, I can read, I can just be by myself and I don't owe anyone anything. And then the best of all, getting on the plane, of course, I wear the big headphones, the international signal for do not talk to me, I'm not available for you right now. And just knowing that I have like eight hours for me. That's the most incredible part about traveling, I think. And you're forced to be with yourself. You're not numbing out on your phone or whatever else is available to you. I think that's really important. So this leads me into wanting to talk about you were a model when I met you and you've had this incredible career and you've had so much fun, but you've evolved that into something else now and you're helping people in a way that maybe you didn't think you would be able to do 10 years ago. When I met you, I... I was trying to be a model. Let me rephrase. I was doing some stuff and then I got a big break right about the time that I met you. And I was lucky enough to book Sports Illustrated America, which catapulted my career into being in the top in my industry. And of course, I'd done other magazines before and other jobs and catalogs and things. But there's a big difference from being, you know, just a regular catalog model, wearing clothes, taking pictures, whatever. It's a whole other thing when you start building a brand for yourself. I'm obviously older now, I'm 33, and I know that there are a lot of models that still model well into, in, into their 40s, 50s, 60s, even May Musk's in her 70s, amazing. But what happens when we achieve our dreams, and then what? You have to dream up a new dream, and that's a really hard thing to do. I mean, I can shoot, I can take photos, and sure, it's fun, but I don't walk onto set and feel excited the way I used to. And that set me on a journey of going, well, who am I beyond just the 2D image that people have of me? So I had to ask myself, what do I have that other models don't have? And for me, that was my voice. And what I love about social media is that it's social, and the point is connection. And if you use it for that purpose, it can really bring a lot of people together. So you've started helping people with grief? Yeah. Well, as you know, I lost my mom when I was very young and I had to try and find some meaning around that. And it's a really hard thing to do, especially, you know, when you ask the universe, like, why? Why did this happen to me? And maybe there isn't a reason. Maybe things just happen. But for me, over the years, I found that I had a lot of people with a lot of pain and trauma come into my life. And I was not afraid of those negative feelings. So people often open up to me and I thought to myself, what an opportunity to do a course and a qualification where I can actually help people through a set out program. It's just very rewarding. It's amazing. It's not the only thing I'm doing. Of course, there's many things. So there's that. And then I also talk vocally about being sober. That's a really big thing for me. I think it's changed my life. And I'm very vocal about joining 12-step programs and doing the work surrounding that because oftentimes people are, are saying they're diagnosed with this or that or the next thing, but it's it's like, no, you, you're just an alcoholic. Maybe if you just pause with the numbing and addictive behavior, do the work surrounding that and see what's left. Maybe you wouldn't have to be diagnosed with all these things, you know? Tell me um, some stories about modeling on the road. I remember when you did Sports Illustrated, you told me the story about how the water was so fucking cold and you had to like pretend like it was warm and wonderful and 
you still had to keep going. Right. So when you're shooting for modeling, you're shooting opposite seasons. So you, for, for summer clothes, you shoot in winter. In winter clothes, you shoot in summer. So in winter, you're shooting summer things or bikinis, for example, and the water is freezing. Everything's freezing. The wind is blowing. I mean, I've been on set where I'm wearing like a bikini and I have to have heaters blowing on us because we've turned blue and we have to try and look warm. But just in terms of traveling, I mean, the funniest story I had, I think, was when we went to shoot in Fiji with Sports Illustrated and the guy who owned the kind of island we were on, the island resort, kept like evicting people out of their jobs, I guess. And the chef got fired while we were there and they wouldn't give him a ride back to the mainland. And he was sleeping in the hammocks on the beach, trying to like solicit a ride from this island to the mainland. Just like crazy things like that happening all the time, just weird stuff. And I think that's the beauty of traveling though, is you just see like, you get a glimpse into all these strangers' lives and then you carry on your merry way and keep living your life. It's great. I like the idea of you sitting on this flight for eight hours and just embracing the stillness that comes to you. Like that to me is really beautiful. This idea of just being in that silence. I mean, of course, I'd like people to listen to my podcast when they're traveling. But sometimes there's this an amazing thing where I'd be on a flight and I would watch no movie. I would read no book. I wouldn't speak to anyone. And I would have headphones on as if I'm listening to music, but they would just be noise canceling. And that's when I'm processing. And then at some point during the time, you're watching your mind go and it stops. And you just get this like moment of silence. And that's where I think the work starts. Well, I think you have a kind of relief because there's no expectation on you. No one can like somehow reach out to you via your phone. I mean, we don't take downtime in our lives right now. Like you're, we're available 24-7 and people don't have the boundary. Like, and that time on a plane, it's like an extended meditation. And if you know, if you meditated, you're not really trying to get something. First, you're just observing the crazy thoughts bouncing back and forth in your mind. And like you say, you get to that place of silence. I think... What I've found on planes is that I'm able to connect with myself. See? See what I'm saying? Someone's just trying to get you. Yeah, there's the phone you ringing. You just can't get I a can't break. win. You can't get a break. Give me some lesson that travel gave you. Well, when we were chatting the other day on the phone, we were going over a couple of things because obviously we haven't spoken in a really long time. And I think the sentiment that we reached together ultimately was no matter where you go, there you are. And I know for me, I was running away from myself. I want, I left the little tiny town of Scottborough to get away and show them that they shouldn't have bullied me because if they hadn't bullied me, they're going to regret it now because I am all that and a bag of chips. And let me tell you, when I went back to Scottborough, nobody cares. Okay, no one cares about the resentments you hold from high school and how you're spending your whole life running away trying to like show them. And it took me a full decade to get to that experience and just how many lives I feel like I tried to live to get away and get to the point where it's like, you have to be okay with yourself. And that's what I've learned through travel. What I didn't say is how we met. We met in Cape Town at Origin Coffee, where I've met so many of my closest friends. And it's funny that this coffee shop, this little coffee shop serving incredible coffee in the tip of Africa in Cape Town brought so many people together for me. 
And I remember when we met and you were like the girl about town. And Was I? Yeah. I didn't feel like the girl about town. I felt the loser about town. <laughs> you were never the loser about town. And I remember us being like, we were this gaggle of friends and you were always so bubbly and ridiculous. And you used to do like this funny impression, like pinky in the brain. I can't remember what it was. Did I used to do stuff? I mean, I guess I do. I'm, it's my dream to voice a cartoon or animation. See? But you know what I'm thinking of doing? I'm thinking of making a little mini cat reality show and voicing the two cats in my apartment. But maybe that's a little bit over the top. No, I think that's great. It'd be hilarious. I can come on and be like the traveling cat returning home. Exactly. <laughs> so I'll do it's like so funny. the baritone voiced lady cat. We're going to figure this one out. <laughs> I used to say my name so funny. She'd be like, Genevieve. You say like, <laughs> and you'd be like, and then you hold your hands up like, hi. Right. Well, Genevieve, it is such a pleasure to have you. And I'm so glad that I can reconnect and we can do something meaningful together. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on your show and also reconnecting with me. It's a pleasure to reconnect with you in LA and I'm looking forward to listening to your podcast and hearing more about all of your journeys because I've really missed out. Good, we'll do some journeys together. Okay, good. So I have a plane to catch, but if you'd still like to reach us, go to Everywhere Podcast on Instagram, Everywhere Pod on Twitter or the website at everywherepodcast.com. Thanks for hanging out. I'm Daniel Scheffler, and I'll see you everywhere. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love and Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com.